Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Encanto and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain? We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, fairy tale friends. We're back. We're here. We're talking Big Hero 6. And you may find yourself wonder- thinking, oh, I'm missing those sweet dulcet tones of Tara. It's just me today, guys. It's it's just me. There's it's it's and Ryan's Princess Diaries, but in order to make up for the uh, lack of Tara in this Princess Diaries, we are tripling down on the amount of Ryan in this. We have uh, a former guest from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Ryan, and we're gonna say people's last names because there's so many Ryans. It's gonna be confusing. So Ryan English, say hello, hey. Ryan. How's it going? Good to be back. Welcome back. Welcome back. And we have a new guest uh, from uh, nowhere you know, but from my life, Ryan McCabe. Hello. Yes. Literally the and Ryan's uh, yes. podcast. Ryan yes. and Ryan and Ryan's Princess Diaries. There's too. This is too many Ryans. Oops, all Ryans. Oops, all Ryans. <laughs> <laughs> They still need to fix that problem, but the the Captain Crunch factory really like I it, it seems like it's just persisted. Oops, all berries. I don't understand. Ryan McCabe is a fellow uh, game designer, um, and because of that, he was supposed to be on the uh, Wreck It Ralph episode, uh, but you know life got in the way, and so now we're here for the uh, Big Hero Six episode, two twenty fourteen's Big Hero Six. So we'll start with McCabe. McCabe, why is this the one? What do you like about Big Hero 6? What do you remember about the first time you saw it? Um, So it was a movie that I really didn't know too much about uh, when it initially got announced. And I I really like uh, or really fell in love with that kind of future aesthetic uh, that it had. That kind of... uh, you know, just just the way that everything looked, the robotic uh, nature that that of things that were in it, mm-hmm. I, I I just became really interested in it. Um, the trailers made it look like it was going to be kind of a, I mean, it's Disney, a good family movie though, and tell a fun uh, story about two brothers, um, and uh, just you know, kind of uh, got into uh, got into what it was selling without knowing much about it. So, I. Baymax was also a, a really, really fun character. Um, but we can talk more about Baymax later. Yeah, I want to jump into something you said in a second. But first, I want to hear same question to you, Ryan, Ryan English. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, two big things jump out at me about it. One is, you know, I work in healthcare. And so seeing, you know, Baymax be uh, oh, know, yeah, representing healthcare. us healthcare oh, yeah. providers so well was really exciting. <laughs> Um, so that was really fun. I think that there's a point and we can talk about this later in the movie where he asks a really crucial question that I think was like, for whatever reason, really resonated with me a lot more when, uh, when they're struggling through everything. Um, but we'll, we'll save that for when we get there. Had you started your PA journey? Like when this came out? Yes. Okay, cool. 
he said without looking up the actual date, but I believe <laughs> I was already in because I knew what Bassetrason was when he says it. So I would love like oh, yeah. that your whole like, oh, God, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And it's like, I am Baymax. And you're like, that's what I want. Like, I would love if they that's told us it. That. That's the thing. <laughs> no, but my other reason for liking this kind of is more in y'all's world that uh, my son had a game on his Kindle Fire that was some kind of like, bot fighter game but it was more like pokemon where you could collect all these bots and then reinvest them to power up the other ones and evolve them and all this stuff but it was i don't know if it was uh the wrong region or whatever but at some point we couldn't play it anymore but we we used to play <laughs> that game together so much and just like try to blaze all these bot fights in these levels it was really fun so he was in the robots as part of it yeah i've got a lot of interesting stuff about the robotics uh inspiration of baymax what are you doing? Stop. Go lay down. Stop licking everything. Um, now, were you talking to Tara's not here. That was, or, Ron, or Tara? Yeah, that was lady. Um, <laughs> let's make that clear while we're while we're talking about it. Um, Tara is not here because she has the flu. I don't know if I said that. Um, I said that obviously to you guys, but not to our listeners. So we're going to leave in that whole joke about uh, stop licking everything, um, which may have been why she got the flu. No. Um, but yeah, so that's why she's not here right now. Uh, I've got some interesting stuff about the robotics. I remember seeing this with Tara, and I and, and going back to what you said, Ryan, about being like, I don't know much about this. It's crazy. I think it's crazy for all three of us, and I'm assuming we have the same thing for them to go. Disney is making an animated feature based on a Marvel franchise. All right, awesome. It's Big Hero Six. What is Big Hero? Like, I had no idea what Big Hero Six was. Did either mm, of no. you know? Never heard of it. And no. we're all pretty big comic dorks, right? Like, yeah. oh yeah, it's, I it's like I like even after it came out, I feel like there wasn't a lot of push to like reinvigorate invigorate that property. It wasn't like Guardians, where it was kind of like, oh, there's an interesting Guardians twist, and it's this guy's personal thing on it. Like, there were like maybe 12 entire comics that had this character these characters in it i don't just mean big hero six comics i mean like they show up in like alpha flight (laughs) and something else like and it wasn't even it was it was a group built on the back of such uh you know strong marvel characters as sunfire and the silver samurai (laughs) you know household names uh i I, I just remember being like, I've never heard of this. I'm interested in what this is. It wasn't even like it was – I don't think they like re-released anything. I think they were just like, go take this property, do whatever you want with it, and then that'll be it from here on out. Um, well, maybe somebody saw Guardian success and they said, oh, if you think that was a deep cut, watch this. But see, that's – this thing called Big Hero 6. <laughs> maybe, but I feel like in order to do this – they started working on this after Disney purchased Marvel, which they actually did like well before oh, the wow. Avengers – and then they just started the Avengers is when they like they, the Paramount deal ran out or they renegotiated the Paramount deal or something, whatever they did, they did it then. And that's when they started releasing them. But they, I think in like 2009 or 2010 is when they started doing that. So they had them for a while had, you know, movies like this take a while to get made. So I think they were probably working on this either before or during they were doing Guardians. I don't know. Um, I don't think this is a, fr- like, this is a, in, in some ways, this is a perfect franchise to do this with because the directors had complete carte blanche to 
do anything they wanted with these characters and there were maybe about 20 people who were like i'm a really long time wasabi no ginger fan how dare you change his background from a chef with psychic knives to a college student <laughs> um have either well, like I, oh sorry go ahead no I, I was just gonna say i mean i i think i remember reading about uh because since i knew nothing i you know was looking up you know what what is this movie but there was an interview where um like they outright admit that the uh, screenwriter and whatnot hadn't read the comics mm-hmm. or anything before he started working on it so you know we're not the only one yeah. ones, obviously they were just like yeah go go do something and i think marvel was like uh joe casada and jeff Loeb were involved in some of the story decisions of this and i think in a lot of cases they came to him and they said so we want to do this which is like how they are in the comics and they're like nah change it like they were like go crazy like because i think it was originally in the comics baymax was created by heroes father who had passed and they said no nah, make it a brother's story and i think that was a much int- more interesting move but it's also just funny that they were just like yeah do whatever you want with these guys we don't care because i will say and i was telling ryan mccabe this earlier i tried to read the five issue miniseries five only five issue miniseries and i got to about the second issue before i went i can't i can't do this <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's and this is that was like a 2008 miniseries and that was probably the last big thing they did with the characters i think now they just like i i, I don't have the number here but you know all the marvel universes are numbered like the main marvel universe is 616 the ultimate universe is something all the other universes have like a number this has its own number like a marvel has officially declared this this is a marvel universe in the multiverse and this is where it is which i thought was interesting and i think they're just like this is this is what it is it is its own thing these are the characters now who cares about these other guys maybe they'll show up in other things but i don't know um so yeah like i said they were created by marvel comics in 1998 they're japan's premier superhero team uh i mentioned that the, the original version of the team includes sunfire and silver samurai sunfire i don't believe has been in anything has Sunfire been made in the movie? I don't think so. And X-Men, they're both mutants, so they'd be that's why they weren't in this, is because Fox still owned them. So I don't think Sunfire's been anything. Silver Samurai was in The Wolverine, the second Wolverine movie, and in my opinion was the worst part of that movie. Yeah. Like I enjoyed that it was a samurai movie up until it became an Iron Man movie in the last like 30 minutes, which I understand why they did it, but Silver Samurai was essentially just a big mech. It was weird. Um, But let's talk about this movie, which came out in 2014, grossed over $650 worldwide. It was the highest grossing animated film of 2014 and won Best Animated Feature at the 87th Oscars, which I thought was cool. Uh, Top three movies that year. Uh, number three was Guardians of the Galaxy. So these came out the same year. So it wasn't even like they could point oh, to wow. something and change it and say like, oh, remember this? Uh, the Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, uh, and Transformers Age of Extinction. I did not know a Transformers movie got number one one year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something. Uh, it has spun off into three different series, two focusing on Baymax. I think the one of them just happened recently, or or uh, it was released recently on Disney Plus. Have you guys watched any of the other stuff? I watched the shorts uh, with with my kids. They were really good. They were really fun. The 
the new ones? The ones that just dropped like a week or two ago. Oh, was it that? Was it that close? A week or two ago? Well, that's with my time distortion. I don't. Right, I don't right. know. Sometimes I say it was a week ago, and it was three months. I don't know. Well, right. It was very I, recently. Yes, it yeah. was something that was announced. I think at the last D twenty three. So I think within the last year they've dropped. Um, are your kids super into this? Is that they? Uh, my kids really like uh, Big Hero Six. It's one of our regulars on rotation. Yeah. I feel like two of your kids may be too old, and is is your youngest too young for this, McCabe? Uh, no. Like he oh. he hasn't seen it, but would be super into it. Right, now, right, when, right, right, right. But it's when, not when it it obviously he was not uh he was not born yet. Right. So we we saw this as a as a family in 2014, um, and everybody loved it. We all loved it a lot. Um, so definitely one where if I can get the uh time to sit the six-year-old down and have him be patient for you know an hour and a half Mm -hmm. uh, would definitely be something he's into um i was gonna say you were talking about some of the cool stuff in the futuristic stuff um this takes place in a amalgam city called san francisco which is a combination Mm -hmm. of san francisco and tokyo and i don't remember the date but basically their backstory was what if uh, Japanese immigrants after the big, uh, I think it was a 1908 San Francisco earthquake had come in to be like, well, we know how to build things because there's lots of earthquakes in Japan. So why don't we help you? And like, that's where the timeline split. Like it doesn't really go into mm-hmm. that. I think this one was basically just like, we wanted to have it look Japanese, but be a, like an, a, a rememberable American city. But that was kind of apparently the background was that was there their their timeline um it's it's supposed to be i think 2032 so we're getting close we're 10 years away from that all that beautiful beautiful world happening don't you think that's what's going to be here in 10 years guys don't don't you think that's the track we're on definitely we're on trend for that (laughs) for that for that beautiful retro futurism let's go Um, yeah, I thought, you know, I, I, I've been to San Francisco. I, uh, I have, or I, 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 I think they've moved since, but I had family who was out there. I love that town. So seeing all the, like, the, the, um, like trolley cars and stuff like that kind of made out to look Japanese. And then I, if I remember correctly, it's the Golden Gate Bridge, but it's got kind of the, the arches that you see in Japanese, like the kind of mm-hmm. like arch up and to a point. Yeah. It's a really, really cool blend. I like how uh, uh, the, the city feels very like textured, and uh, you, you really get to see both those cultures pop out a lot. Mm-hmm. And they still have a donut shop, so it's. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I did want to point out, I talked to these guys before. Uh, there's a there's a there's a fourth Ryan in this. Ryan Potter is the voice of Hero. I was excited to see there was another Ryan in here, so we're doing four Ryans for this. Um, I'm mostly just going to go through. A lot of my uh, notes, I feel like usually Tara jumps in with a bunch of stuff here. Um, we were talking about the brother story kind of being a cool bit. Um, apparently, Don Hall, the director, the two directors, Don Hall and Chris Williams. Chris Williams, who was also the voice of Wandering Oaken in and uh, Frozen, the like yoo-hoo, oh, <laughs> big really? snow blowout. <laughs> That's the oh, director wow. of this movie. <laughs> Um, and I watched an interview where someone goes, I heard you're Oaken. He's like, yeah. And they're like, can we hear from Oaken? 
And like it was, you know, he's not like an actor, so it, he was like, I don't know. And then like as soon as he started doing it, he's like, here's all his lines, and just did everything. He was so excited to do it. Um, but D- Don Hall did not have a brother, so he did this thing called the Brother Summit, apparently, where they uh, gathered everybody and who had a brother and was like, tell us stories about having a brother. Um, you know, what, what is that like? And everybody kind of sat down and told, you know, told funny stories about probably about getting in fights with their brother. Uh, now I know Ryan English here is, is, is one of three brothers. McCabe, I forget for some reason in my mind, I think you have a brother and a sister. That's not right. That is correct. Oh, it's right. So it's, it's the same. Wow. You nailed it with your, your (laughs) progeny had the same. Fraternal break breakdown, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so do you guys have any fun brother stories you want to tell, or did any of this like resonate with you? I mean, uh, Ryan, do you hope that like uh, Ross looks up to you the same way that Hero looks up to his brother? In this? Well, it's funny because uh, there were I I feel like I have stories where my younger brother Ross, uh, who was at school with Ryan Jenkins, uh, like. Definitely had some stories where I would think he was like following me or looking up to me or watching me, but there's also definitely some times where he came in and bailed me out of some weird situations too. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, yeah, plenty, plenty of stories. Just trying to filter through which ones would be appropriate, appropriate for this for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about Ross the other day, and I can't remember what specific story I was telling. I remember it was, I was telling a story about a haunted house, which doesn't really apply here, but the thing was, it was my first haunted house, and it was, Ross was like, we got to go to a haunted house, and I was like, why do we have to go to a haunted house? He's like, we're going to invite girls, so girls will be there, and I, <laughs> I I will say that was a lot of my relationship growing up with Ross, is like, we got to do this, why? There'll be girls there, like, yeah. that was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of his, like, dragging me, kicking his, it was, here's, here's the dynamic, Ross wanted to go someplace because there were girls there. Your mother knew there were going to be girls there, so there had to be like a counterweight. And your yeah. mom, for some reason, thought I was some sort of angel. Yeah. So, like, if Ross could convince me to go, your mom would think, "Oh, it must be an okay thing," which wasn't the case at all. I don't know. I think rarely. I, I just had a history of whenever I went over to my friend's house, I would immediately go to the mom and be like, "Hello," you know. Don't tell your mom she wasn't the only one I did this to. But I always would be like, "Hello." Mrs. English, how are you? Oh, you look lovely today. Well, anyway, Ross and I are going to play for us. Nice seat. Like, and that was just my thing. And so everyone's mom thought I was, you know. Oh, he's a perfect boy. Yeah. So that was the situation was Ross had to convince me to go to something. I tended to have a girlfriend. So I feel like the there are going to be girls there only work during like middle school. And then high school, he's like, I've lost Ryan. <laughs> um <laughs> But then, anyway, so that was that was the story I was telling how much I was talking about it, and I started thinking about it in front of Tara, and I'm like, you know, I think that was like Ross's reasoning for a lot of the things we did. <laughs> <laughs> when you also had the uh, the blessing of being in band, because uh, yes. I also was in band, I also played trumpet, and we, I could tell my parents, hey, it's Tuesday night, I'm going out at 11 o'clock to go meet up with these friends to go to a field party. And they'd be like, are you insane? What we would never say yes to that. Why would you even say that? It's like, no, no, no. I'm going with my band friends. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah, that sounds great. Go for it. Just which, do what you think. Which you thought probably like me was like, I can't believe they're falling for this. But honestly, like 
I it, look, my college band was insane. Like frats would go, we don't mess with that band. Their their parties are, are too crazy sometimes. But like in high school, that was they were probably making the right call of like, let's go to a field party with the band. And there was like maybe a six pack being passed around. <laughs> like our our version of a field party was playing Mario Kart usually. So <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Ryan McCabe, do you have any good brother stories or anything you want to talk I, about with your brother? I mean, uh, so my brother's five years younger than me. Are you the um, oldest? I'm the oldest. So you're yes. both oldest. And okay. Yeah. The, uh, the, f- uh, funniest. No. Um, best story about my brother. This is facetious, but it is, it is great. The, the whole reason I got a Nintendo, uh, as a birthday present is because my brother was going to be born and my grandparents were concerned that uh, I was not going to be the focus of attention. So they bought me a video game console. <laughs> um, uh, uh, that, that, that was 1985. Um, but, uh, but the, the funniest stuff and like without getting into specifics is really that when I started doing backyard wrestling, uh, dumb things. Oh yeah. Ryan wrote, McCabe wrote, is a backyard wrestler. Yes. 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 I was, uh, I wrote my Whoa. brother into it. Um, <laughs> mostly because it was like, Oh yeah, you're, you're, you're five years younger than me. Uh, you're 13, uh, can, uh, throw you around easier. <laughs> um, so, uh, nobody ever got hurt. Nobody broke a bone. So that's all good. That's all fine. But, um, your your backyard wrestling league could have been the uh, marching band field party of backyard wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just remembered this. I, I just have an older sister. I've talked about her on this podcast before, and, and this is – I'm the youngest. You guys are the oldest, but this is just – first of all, I want to know if uh, – Ryan, did you get any sort of consolation prize when, when Ross was born, or is this only – something no. in the cave got <laughs> no i got nothing i was like three and i probably got like taken to dinner by my grandparents so that's about while it. while but, your mom yeah. was giving birth <laughs> yeah. yeah and then when rhett was born they didn't even bother they just i remember my dad I actually remember this my dad called the school where i was at i was like in kindergarten or preschool and said hey hey you've, uh hey ryan i'm like hey dad he's like you you've got a new brother your new brother was born i was like all right. Like, <laughs> Why are you calling me about that? So I'm not going to take care of what do you want. I'm missing school for this. <laughs> yeah. We've got to read the butterfly book now. I got to go. Sorry. <laughs> it's pajama day. Leave me alone. Like <laughs> I, I just, this memory of me and my sister popped in my head and it's, it's filmed somewhere and on video as evidence, but there's this whole Christmas where it's like they're filming. And I, I remember this happening as I would open something. Cause I remember one of it was like a go, real Ghostbusters toy. And I was like, wow. My sister's like, great. And just like took it and threw it out of my hand. It was like, gave me another one. I was like, here, open that. Like she was just like, get through the presents. Cause like we kind of did like a round Robin thing. Mm-hmm. Like everybody opened a present. So like when I was taking too long to open mine and like play with it or do whatever, she's like, no next. And then when she had kids, I saw her doing that. I'm like, no, you have to stop this. <laughs> you can't treat them like you treated me. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. So like I said, the thing uh, originally Baymax was um, the dad's robot and not the brothers. So that was kind of a new thing. Uh, Baymax in the, in the, in the comics, the one I read, he, he like can transform into like a butler and a dragon, right? Is, oh, if wow. it, uh, McCabe, you've looked at them. Did you, is, is, is that right? 
yeah, he the the powers are definitely different um, in the in the comics than they are in the in the movie. Honey Lemons is kind of the same, and in, in in the comic, it she can reach in and pull anything she wants out of her purse. Mm-hmm. In the in the movie, it's like she's got like all the elements in there, and so she can like make balls of like whatever she needs, like glue or whatever. I don't know, it's something like that, right? There's a little yeah. more tech behind it than like the comic which is just like she has a magic purse um but there's a lot of stuff they did for baymax in this i have a question for you guys because apparently i am wrong and i want to ask you guys this before i go what features does baymax have on his face eyes and that's it in the the mouth like the little two circles and the slash isn't that his mouth I always thought it was a mouth, or at least my brain yeah. won't let me process it like as not a mouth. McCabe, do you just see a line between his eyes? Yeah, I just see a line between the eyes. Yeah, you're you're correct. That's just as, and I think it looks. Oh. It's funny because when he has his mask on, I think I see it more because there's something that looks like, you know, there's a, a jaw or something. But like I, that to me looks like he's got a mouth between his eyes, and if it started going like "hello," you know what it looks like. Have you seen those like, um, uh, those? Oh God, I, I, this is something I'm not going to be able to explain. But it's like, it's a, it's an instrument. I, I, I have faith that McCabe has seen this more well, than the, the English. jaw harp. Yeah, no, but it's like, it's like it goes. Wah, 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 wah. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, sit. yeah. <laughs> Thank God, you know what I'm talking about. Uh listeners i'll put up a video of this thing it's like but it looks like a mouth and it talks and you move your finger up and down like a trombone on this like digital pad to hit the notes i'll send you a thing there's one of it doing the kirby song uh ryan english and it's like one of my favorite youtube videos i will send it i will put it on the facebook page that's what i always thought it was to me is like that thing like didn't open to talk because he doesn't have anything to talk but it was replicating a mouse a mouth yeah I see it like a mouth and probably it makes you think of like Muppets almost like some of the weird Muppets that had big eyes and kind of lowered places or something like that. But no, I can't not see it as a, as a mouth. I I think it would be terrifying if the, if it actually moved like a mouth though, it it had like teeth and a tongue. It'd be horrible. Yes. Yes. No, I understand this. Um, Like, but I thought it was just like, like his eyes work, but that was just to simulate like for like, like, drawing a face on a robot or something like it doesn't do anything but it gives you like it feels better because you're like oh a face i don't know apparently it was based off of some uh like big metal bells that they saw in japan and their their look over there and it was kind of the way they were built as they had like puncture marks and then a thing between them mm-hmm. um they did a lot of work on what it would look like when baymax walked they want him to look very cute so they spent a lot of time looking at cute animals such as penguins and baby elephants and all sorts of stuff like that. And they found, uh, quote unquote, definitively that the cutest walk is a toddler with a full diaper. So <laughs> when you're watching the movie <laughs> and Baymax is walking around, please remember that is what they're basing it off of. Yeah. Um, Scott Adsit, the uh, you know uh, improv comedian, the he was on 30 Rock, who does the voice of Baymax, came up in a thing with the whole fist bump noise about oh, like thing he does and they loved it so much they started writing new stuff to put in the movie to get it in there as much as possible and i feel like it's kind of his 
his trademark thing in there and it's kind of the most the, the most uh hilarious part um a lot of what he is ba- uh, baymax is based on is something called soft robotics now have you heard about this in the medical field uh ryan a little, english a little bit i haven't like only in like articles or conceptual stuff but i've heard about yeah using robotics but texturing it and making it uh yeah like soft more like interface appropriate so you're not just grabbing things that are hard metal or hard plastic well that's part of it too i think some of it goes into uh um like what's the thing called with the three punctures it's it's non-invasive surgery where it's like they're trying to do that like laparoscopic laparoscopic and stuff like that there's oh yeah there's things like that where they're trying to do soft robotics within there and use some of that to make that easier and a little bit less of just sticking you know like you uh, make it a a better process um i i am also looking up this is you know only something i can do because Tara is not here. Right. So if you want to learn some more stuff about soft robotics, what it essentially is, is like you said, putting a softer cover like um, on on a shell of a robot. It's what Baymax is doing where he's blown up and things like that. It's things for healthcare and things like that where they want them to be softer. Um, they do a lot of studies on octopi and how they move and they do it for a lot of underwater stuff. There's some really cool things out there that look... Wow. It's just an interesting way of looking at robotics. But there's also someone to look out for... Uh, Giada Garboni is an Italian uh, specialist in in soft robotics. She was the one who was talking about using it for uh, laparoscopic surgery. Uh, she's also gorgeous, which is great. Like I just, it's just funny looking up soft robotics, and I'm looking at all these pictures of like dudes who you think would be into soft robotics, and then like a model. And I was like, excuse <laughs> me, what is this picture? This is not what it, what I meant. I clicked on she's she has a TED talk. She does like it's like oh you're very smart too. Great. Um, again, something I couldn't have brought up with, uh, Tara not being here and it's probably weird anyway. So anyway, I just wanted to <laughs> point that out. G- Giada Garbano. She's actually she's like, she was, I was I, all this stuff she's bringing up. Cause she's also talking about like things that have sensors, you know, like you see like a robot hand grabbing something and like crushing oh, wow. it like, right. Yeah. That does not look like a Carnegie Mellon. Or I guess, no, she wasn't at Carnegie Mellon. I think she went to Harvard. Anyway, I don't know. I, I went down a rabbit hole with someone, and I'm probably on a watch list now. So we'll move on to some of the other <laughs> stuff they do here. Um, one more thing I want to bring up before I went into, I have a list of just kind of random stuff, uh, random things. They did something for these characters called the sitting test, where they had everybody write, uh, do an animation of them just entering into a cafe and then sitting at a table. And it was like, how would that character, each character do it? So like, um, Gogo came in kind of tough and that was actually the first time she does, I guess she blows a bubble and pops it a lot in the movie. And that was the first time they did that. Like they were like, like someone did that in the test and they were like, oh yeah, perfect. And then Hero comes in and kind of like does this little like scoot, like it was all just minor, minor stuff. And then they were doing it with Baymax and Baymax comes in and sits and like the chair gets stuck in his butt and he like whips around and <laughs> throws everything down and they kept playing with it cause they couldn't quite get it. And they found when they took out him moving as much, like he moves from position to position without a lot of in between stuff and kind of sits still a lot. Like the audience was putting onto him the uh like they were putting like what he they they put a lot onto that i don't know how to say what i'm trying to say you know i mean like emotionally a lot of emotionality they would kind of cast project that onto him and it worked really well so i thought that was really neat i'll try and find a video of that one and put it up 
Let me run through these. The production team watched videos of fire ants as inspiration for the microbots. Uh, here's some stuff to look out for. We've talked a lot about uh, hidden Mickeys, and I think there's a hidden Mickey in here. I don't know if I got it. But if when Hero falls between his desk and bed after activating Baymax, you can see Oswald the Lucky Rabbit's face on Hero's ceiling. Oswald was Walt Disney's first animated character before Mickey Mouse. Um, there are over 200 different types of signs, advertisement signs in San Francisco. There are over, how many, was it 18,000 buildings? Yeah, and 83,000 buildings and 250,000 trees. So they're doing a lot of stuff. Uh, in Hero's room next to the computer monitor, there appears to be a robot head resembling Eve from Wally. In Fred's oh, Library wow. Museum, one of the small statuettes in the background bookcase is Elastigirl. And I think there's one more. Yes. Uh, in the back of Fred's room in a display case with two mannequins wearing the costumes of two lesser Marvel comic supervillains. The blue mannequin on the left is the Submariner villain Orca. And the chicken-themed one on the right is that of villain Black Talon. So there's a couple of Marvel things in here. Um, oh, and then on the uh, police officer's desk in the police station, a photo of the woman from the pound and bolt is in the picture frame for some reason. So tying these two movies together, the police officer in this one is married to the woman from the pound, although we won't go into the fact that this takes place over 30 years in the future. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but that's all I've got for this. I know this is going to be a little bit of a short one because we don't have uh, 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 Tara's wonderful notes here. So, do I you- know the big like hidden Easter egg thing I always saw blowing up. You know, there's a part where they're testing out their devices and they blow up a statue in that big manner, mm-hmm. and you can't catch it unless you really get like frame by frame. But that statue is like one of the. It's either Eric or uh, Hans or somebody like. It's oh, it's Eric a prince? Princess. Yeah, it's one of the princes. Do you, think it's, the, do you think it's the Eric one from Little Mermaid? I I can't remember. I want to say it was from like Frozen, but I don't know who it would be because I don't think it would be... Uh, I mean, hopefully it's Hans Frozen. then because I hate Hans, and, Hans. Hans can blow up all day. It's yes, fine. Yeah. If either of you <laughs> listen to the Frozen thing, I can't stand Hans. Um, I, I mean, there's also the big Marvel cameo appearance at the end that you know in case oh, yeah. someone hasn't seen it we'll we'll let that go we'll talk about it after the break um it's fun to see him in there anybody do you guys have anything else you want to add before we we check out this movie and talk about it uh no, nothing before i mean there 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 are things that i've remembered you know just thinking about stuff but they're plot centric yeah same i as as is my usual deal with these movies like i was like oh, i don't really remember this movie and then i saw like scenes from the end and i was like oh god i forgot about that part you know i got all choked up and as i'm finding yeah. when i get older a little more teary than i used to be <laughs> the stuff hits you different i know no, right? uh, i'm excited yes. to see this movie it's gonna be good all right well uh listeners thanks uh and we're gonna go ahead and take the uh vhs out of the clamshell and stick it in the vcr and see you on the other side, listeners. I had to remember what Tara's line was there. <laughs> Fairy tale friends, we're back. We enjoyed the movie. We beat the bad guy. We 
wear them front we wear them back we wear them <laughs> front inside out and front to back uh i made that joke with tara before this movie came out <laughs> so when we saw it i think we had a good laugh I, I i made a joke i was like oh i'm out of underwear and she's like oh well you better clean over i'm like no nah, i got three more days on this last pair um what'd you guys think i really enjoyed it i i'm trying to remember the last time i saw it it's been within the year but uh hmm. no i just always always enjoy this and there's a few moments that we always laugh as a family and it's it's uh so i watch for those a lot but it was really fun to see to see it <laughs> without kids running around and like actually there's like two or three parts of dialogue i actually caught this time that i don't think i've ever heard before. <laughs> <laughs> now uh mccabe had a, a special guest jump in and start telling him everything yeah. slightly before it happened yeah it was it was pretty great um <clears throat> so he came downstairs uh, because you uh, eating dinner while while watching, and um, he came downstairs because it, it, he lives in that house, and you're he lives watching in the house. Yes, yeah, so we're watching. He might want to watch <laughs> exactly, and um, so he sat down, started watching, and like it, it, uh, this was uh, during the uh, scene where Hero's giving the presentation about his microbots. Oh and, wow! He's he watched it for a while then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, he and he just went back upstairs. He watched the whole thing. So he, um, like, uh, the the funniest part is when, well, haha, <laughs> this is so funny. No, but when they have the memorial shrine that has Callahan and uh, uh, his brother on it, mm-hmm. he leans over and goes, "That's the bad guy." <laughs> <laughs> my uh my nephew so real quick to all our listeners if you don't want any spoilers for how to train your dragon which i'm sure we'll do someday on this podcast um skip ahead a little bit but uh they went to go see it when my nephew was very little and like i guess there's a part where maybe toothless you think toothless might be dead i don't know if you guys you guys might remember that movie. i've seen it once and then they like recover and he comes back, but like it go- he's like toothless or whatever. And like it gets really quiet in the theater. And my nephew has seen it before and goes, He's okay. He's alive. Like yells it to the whole theater. And like all the parents, like might even say, I've seen this before or something. Like yells it to a full theater. And my mom's like, I guess we got to explain spoiler alert to Jack. And then I think the next time he ruined something, he just went, spoiler alert. Ah, da, da. Like it just became the two words that were the beginning of the spoil. Like it was more of a, sp- it wasn't really an alert. It was more of a spoiler announcement. Like here it comes. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. Um, oh boy. I, this was my second time seeing it since it came out. I really enjoyed it. I will say, and this is, a big shout out to my wife who may be able to hear this in the other room, but I want to watch it again almost immediately because I was trying to take notes for the podcast. And I, I realized how often I'm really, especially in these later Disney movies, these computer generated ones, like really finding myself drawn into a lot of the detail of what's going on Mm. and like fixating on their hair. I had a thing in here about honey lemons like slender th- frame on like a with a big kind of cardigan 
and how cool that looked when she's moving around. And you know, like as a as a someone who works in like in the entertainment industry, like I find that st- I get really fixated on some of that that stuff. It's hard to do, and then I go, oh shoot, I should be taking notes, and I'm like looking down. So I again a big shout out to Tara. Also, probably she wants to do what she did the last time she had to skip out on a, an episode and record her thoughts. So I will, you know, see if I can kind of bump in on that viewing but it was it was great um you know it hits a lot it, it there was a thing in the making of i saw where they wanted to make sure this didn't just feel like a disney movie or didn't just feel like a superhero movie and i think they did a good job of doing both they hit a bunch of the superhero the superhero team notes where it's like they suck the first time they get together and then they kind of mm-hmm. i thought it was going to be more of a teamwork aspect the second time and it was more of just like hey uh, use your sciency brains to do this. I, I, if they do a sequel, which I was reading up on, and it looks like the last time they talked about it was last year. There's no real word, but um, I think it would be more cool to see them, like, kind of when they fight, do more team upy things instead of like, here's Fred's thing, here's this person's thing, you know? Yeah. Yep. It did feel like Baymax and Hero and four other people a little bit, like. Yeah. Um, here's, here's his four friends doing things in the background too. while <laughs> well you know what i'll save I'll, I'll save this for the end the questions at the end um but unless you guys got anything else you want to talk about real quick i'm going to get started on the going through the plot doing what tara does and i just kind of sit back and chime in whenever i have something to say uh so it starts out we go to san francisco um hero is betting on ro- in robot fights he is doing battle bots and he is going in with a very silly looking robot um that ends up being very cool it's kind of these three separate pieces that magnet together um and he's uh pool sharking these guys into thinking he doesn't have a very good robot um and i like i like how he does that when like he had the first bet he just has this like wad of cash that looks like crumpled together like uh-huh. he's a kid that just wandered in the second one he's got a roll it's rolled up with a rubber band it's and and the guy's already bought in, and he just grabs it from him. But you can tell, like, yep, he has a rhythm. He's been doing this for a while. Yeah, I. Well, yeah, I feel like that's the the, the conventional pool sharking. Um, I I love the bit where he's like, mega bit destroy, and then like the face turns around, like like the reveal of like, yeah. and he's like drawn a scarier face on him. Like it's, it's funny. Cause it's not just like a con. It's also like he takes delight in taking these people's money. Yeah. But they're big, you know, uh, thuggish adults. So they go to beat him up. And then Tadashi, his brother shows up on a moped and saves him. Um, they mentioned that hero graduated high school at 13 and they put the, they get caught by the cops after escaping these guys and they put them in jail and i think this is a funny little like it's not it, you know like i think disney does a good job of putting in jokes that are funny to adults but they're not exactly adult humor and i thought yeah. this was funny of him being like in his own cell because he's a minor and then like cutting yep. <laughs> to tadachi looking really upset cuz he's crammed in there with all the criminals I thought that was a good a good example of like, you know, like I think when and I, you know, man, I bag on Shrek a lot on this podcast. Um, but like, <laughs> like when they were like, let's do some uh, jokes only the adults will get. It was like, 
things that if the kids get them were inappropriate. Whereas this was a joke that it's just like you're you're not gonna want to get this, and then when you're older, you'll find it funnier. Yeah, I like that. Um, so then their aunt Cass comes to get them, and I want to take a minute to talk about Aunt Cass because apparently she has kind of a. Uh, I'm trying to think of the nicest, most G-rated way to say this. Uh, a, a, a fan following, following? Yeah, on the internet. Um, and I knew about that because there's a lot of like Aunt Cass is, 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 is a Fox type stuff out there. And I was like, oh, so I'll look it up. And I typed in Aunt Cass is hot. And what uh, <laughs> huh. was revealed to Oops. me are things um, that I can't. Uh, don't feel comfortable talking about on this uh, podcast. I don't feel comfortable you, having in my search history. Yeah, I hope you did that on a work computer. That'd be yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, but there was, I mean, and I expected there to be some stuff. I'm not dumb, but like the first like five hits were like not just weird, but like flat out like from a website that rhymes with schmorn schmub. Um, and that was a little shocking to me. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I thought, I thought she was pretty good looking, uh, get a little cartoon crush on her, uh, voiced by Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, t- so they, she comes and gets them and then immediately hero is looking for new, robot fights to do and Tadashi's like okay I'm gonna take you to another one I can't stop you from going to that but I can make sure you're safe but first we're gonna stop at my computer lab and this is where he meets the rest of I keep just referring to the the rest of the crew as the six even though there's really four of them yep um and we get let me see we've got Gogo who's kind of a tough uh no-nonsense uh woman who uh she likes to say woman up a lot. Mm-hmm. I I wrote near the end when they're doing their fight. I go, oh boy, everybody gets a catchphrase in the last few minutes because <laughs> I felt like they all went around and like Fred's was like, my signs are on fire. <laughs> it was really funny. Anyway, uh, she does magnets. What a what? How do those work? Um, she does. <laughs> she has a magnet bike, but she seems to want it to go faster. Maglev stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Ma- maglev is that like a. I heard someone say like she's into maglev. Is that like a for real thing or is that like a Marvel yeah. super science term? So yeah, ma- it's like the uh, the monorail, right? Or the mm-hmm. the bullet. There's a train in Japan that does it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, there, might sure. be, yeah. there might be an actual industrial <clears throat> device that uses that efficiently, but the important thing is that there was a monorail at Disney World that used it for a long time. Does that use maglev? <laughs> I think there are actually roller coasters that use it. Mm, okay. um, the, the ones that shoot out of the gate instead of like you know going up a hill and then right, coming right, down right. the ones that uh launch are i think actually they use magnets launch coasters um yeah. mr freeze at six flags over texas is the big one that was a launch coaster with the world's yeah. dumbest looking mr freeze animatronic <laughs> speaking of robots <laughs> just like sitting there like eh, eh, as you're doing it um so then there's wasabi who likes like plasma cutters um played by damon waynes jr i believe uh oh, from God. um can't New believe Girl. he's not a chef he's not a, <laughs> a chef oh yeah no, i forgot yeah. i already forgot the joke <laughs> i made earlier yes he's very very uptight about like structure and stuff um, and then we have Honey Lemon, who is, I think, my favorite of the six. She just is so excited to be a chemist 
And I like that she's for some reason the only person who pronounces Hiro's name like with a Japanese accent. Even you though I think I believe she's Hispanic. I don't know if her character is Hispanic. Her actress is Hispanic, Genesis Rodriguez. And then there is Fred, who is not part of the team, but he is the school mascot. But he's just a, a science enthusiast, which I love. <laughs> and one of the things I love, so he shows up in this like, I guess their mascot is like the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> and he can spin signs. But he does this bit where you see him, you see the creature from the Black Lagoon. And then he's like, it's just a suit. And then you see the creature's arm go limp. And then like his arm comes out and shakes his hand through the mouth and then like goes back yeah. in. Like I liked that it was bit. Cool. Like he did a little shake and then the arm dropped. And then his hand, like it was a neat, uh, they thought the animation, like how would he like shake his arm yeah. out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And which played in at the end when he does the whole like, he's pulling my arms. He's like, wait, this is a suit. This doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny. And um, voiced by nobody of import. So. So immediately, oh, they also meet, um, oh, they, they go and this is where they meet Baymax, which is a robotic nurse. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that's d- diminishing his ability, but uh, uh, that's what I wrote here. Um, that uh, it's it's uh, Tadashi has has done. It's his health is your your robotic health care provider. Every time Baymax does anything, I feel like they get an extra like three minutes of like not having to worry about like plot or music or anything. It's just yeah. like he just moves. It's just an animate like an animator like here have fun with this, and it's just quiet like. Like slowly moving the chair out of the way. That was the one of the things watching this again, because uh, this is only the second time that I've actually I've seen it at this point. Is um, the physical comedy with Baymax mm-hmm. is yeah. incredible, like every single time. Yeah, and, and I feel yeah. like is that what the shorts are like? A lot of Ryan, a little bit. The ones that I saw were um, there was the physical comedy, but it was also a lot of situational like. How did he support people through these weird times? Like, there was, oh, is it about COVID? No, but oh, okay, just like okay, there okay. was like a, a girl who was getting her first period at school and she was stressed in the bathroom and he like coached her through it. It's like all these weird emotional Sorry, things. So. I, as much of a hard time <laughs> he had with Hero and puberty, I can't imagine. <laughs> I'm, okay, I gotta watch more this. More modules now. before then, it looks like. So, he's oh, okay. Little, so he does, he handles it well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot we'll, we'll get into more of him so he, he shows him uh um baymax who's like a robotic frame with a uh inflated uh exoskeleton exo suit whatever and then they meet robert professor robert callahan who i write this later but i'll go ahead and mention it now what a nose on professor callahan like <laughs> oh cray, t- cray too right like both yeah. of them well yeah. i think craze goes out more but like mm-hmm Callahan, like, I almost feel like, was he a boxer? Were they trying to, like, it was just such like a, like a huge, like just wide nose. It just, I don't know. It was an interesting choice. What's the nose's version of a cauliflower ear? Well, well, because he's also, yeah, he's also, uh, it's, it's James Cromwell doing the voice. So I don't think has a Mm -hmm. nose like that. Like he's kind of, he's got a decent nose. I I mean, mean, it's nothing to, nothing to, to sniff at. (laughs) Ha ha ha. But um, to sneeze at, what do you say? Anyway, um, but anyway, uh, so he, you know, he makes some comment about uh, Hero's robot and Hero's like, oh, you want to know how I built it? And Tadashi's like, he invented that technology. And Hero's like, oh, my God, you're Robert Callahan. And uh, so Hero immediately 
this hero in a lot of spots reminded me of my nephew uh parker who's been a co-host on this podcast for chicken little um and just this part really did it where like he's like all right let's go do the thing you want to do he's like i have to go to this nerd school i like just that 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 kind of like teenage (laughs) panic of like this is what i have to do if i don't do this i'm gonna die like you know like this is the only possible choice was just really really funny to watch and he's like i have to go here tadashi basically is like there's a student showcase um if you ace that uh they'll let you in um hero has some uh writer's block what's the other word i'm looking for yeah writer's block brain freeze brain freeze like he's without inspiration and so tadashi kind of gets him out of his comfort zone he like throws him does this like real brother thing where he picks him up funny and is like okay look at the world a different way and so that's when he gets an idea to use the little uh the the robot he has to make them very small he's essentially going to make nanobots now he's going to show this nanobot thing i thought i think it's really cool how quickly you know it's it's not just his friends spoiler alert tadashi dies later it's not just tadashi's friends coming to help hero you know like they're friends like they are like really excited to meet him they want him to like succeed they want him to be like there's never anything about like oh you're a kid i i like that i like that there wasn't a mm-hmm. yeah they really incorporate him into their group really quickly i was trying to remember in the it's kind of like a montage ish scene sped up in his little garage lab mm-hmm. where he's doing all the the work and i know tadashi came in but i couldn't remember if any of the other friends came in and saw him actually building the microbots. I don't, I don't think, think so. They did, but I, I, I was think. also, anytime there's a montage, I'm like, now I can get some note to catch up on some of my notes. <laughs> um, I just, I think that was cool that the movie wasn't about how young he was. It was a little bit about emotional immaturity, but it was also in a situation that I think was incredibly relatable to no matter how old you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I just, I just thought that was neat. In the, in the comic, there was a big thing about like, he's part of this superhero team and he's like trying to keep his cover at school, even though he like flies around on this robot's back with like no mask, like Spider-Man or whatever. (laughs) And at the beginning of the comic, like Honey Lemon and Go-Go come up and they're dressed in like halter tops and stuff. And they're like talking to him. And I, I don't understand the purpose of this scene, but they were like, it felt like they were just screwing with him. And then like all the boys at his all boys school were like, you got to give me that girl's number. Like they were like, who's those hot girls you're hanging out with? And he's like, Oh, there's, there's superhero spies. And I'm part of a superhero team. And everyone's like, ah, like he just tells people the truth. Cause he knows they're going to think he's being ridiculous. Anyway, stupid <laughs> scenes, stupid comic book. All right. Um, he shows them the microbots, which is his big new idea. It's all these little pieces that come together in big groups and like they can build things. You can move around. He basically goes, I'm now going to show all the things the villain's going to do. So when yeah. he steals these and uses them inevitably, you'll know exactly how they work. Oh, and when they walk into that show is when we first get the underwear line. Oh, oh yeah. The, yeah, I wear them. I wear them front. I wrote, I wrote it down because uh, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> front, back. Inside out, back to front, and then uh, what is it? Wasabi starts throwing up in his mouth. Yeah, because he so, sends us such cleanliness. That's my that's my kid's favorite part. My daughter will make that vomit sound every time to try to <laughs> gross out her big brother. I have a question. Since you both have kids, this is really off topic, and it's just something 
not a lot of people have seen this movie and Tara and I saw it and rewound this one scene like literally 10 times and we're laughing at it. And sometimes later we were like out somewhere. We were at a Airbnb just taking a break for my birthday and we it like rained and was gross the whole time. So we were, ended up mostly watching movies. Have you guys seen the new animated Adams, Adams Family from a couple yeah. of years ago? Mm-hmm. I have not. So, but you could talk about it. Well, what I'm going to tell you has, is 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 like spoiler the alert, reverse, no. the reverse of a spoiler alert. It will spoil nothing except for this joke because there's a scene where they're going up to the house and they're like, you know, doing a scan of like the cemetery, and there's like a crow, and it goes, Bleh, and it just makes that noise out of nowhere, <laughs> and that's it. Do you remember this? Yeah, and it's yes. and Tara and I dying laughing dying and like we're like who are we going to tell about this no one else has seen this movie that we know and i was like maybe maybe someone with kids i it's it's actually i actually kind of enjoy that movie it's not it's not like the the original adam family movie is a classic i think this one's still yeah. pretty good but anyway um where was i so he shows off the microbots of course everyone's really impressed uh alan tudyk as cray i missed his first name Alistair. Alistair Gray. That's a great villain name. Yeah. Um, as opposed to Robert Callahan. <laughs> um, Is this Alan Tudyk like playing only villains in a row at this point? I don't know where you are. Well, where this falls in the movie. So series. he is kind of becomes the John Ratzenberger, right? For Walt Disney Animated, and I think the progression is he's King Candy. Yeah. Then he's Duke Wesselton. Then he's there's somebody Duke else he is Weaselton and Zootopia, but is that yes, after that's this? after this. But there's something okay. else before this, maybe. He was the chicken and one. He's not really a villain there. Yeah, then he doesn't. But he, he the last two he has been like the the guy who you think is the 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 bad guy, and then he's not. Okay, because in in Frozen he's the Duke, and you're kind of before you figure out Hans, before you figure out about Hans, like you think that guy is the the bad guy. Did you listen to that episode where I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, where I, I you hate Hans. I, I hate Hans because I think I took it personally. Yeah, because he fooled <laughs> me as well as Anna, right? Anyway, like I was on your side, man. I was like, no, me. like I felt like he broke up with me. Um, so, uh, Alistair Cray again. I'm just loving saying it. Uh, is like I'll pay for the microbots. And he's like, no. And then he walks off. He's like, hey, you have one in your pocket. And he's like, oh, but of course, like, like really just signaling all this, like this guy's a bad guy. Um, Corporate. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, Professor Callahan gives a hero a uh, scholarship or just admittance or whatever. And they're all kind of like going to celebrate and him and Tadashi have a moment. And then the building catches on fire and Tadashi runs in to save uh, Professor Callahan and then it explodes. Um, and I, I wrote literally like, boy, I'm glad we had so much time with Tadashi and then we kill him as opposed to like Nemo's mom or anybody else, like where it's just kind of like a few minutes. Like this was like, let's really get to know this guy and then destroy him. Um, and hero. Destroy- yeah. Yeah. So yeah. hero. Yeah. So he's not eating. He doesn't go to class. He's depressed. Um, I wrote, this is where I wrote, I love how much his brother's friends care about him. Um, hero drops something on his foot or stubs his toe. I, I was looking down and taking notes. Says, ow, and ow activates Baymax. Again, it takes him so long to get to Hero. 
they have kind of a funny comedy scene where he's going back and forth and this is where he's like you are going through puberty like he does a like i watched some of scott adsit's um recording of baymax and thought maybe some of it was they edited like different takes to make it feel stilted and weird he's doing that all himself like even when he goes slow battery like he does that like (laughs) so perfectly (laughs) and they obviously add some stuff to make it sound more robot-y but he is doing such a fantastic job as this character well mccabe like you said before too like the physical comedy is like gold because you have this robot that's super capable and obviously like really impeccably designed and he's has trouble walking faster than like <laughs> a top, you know, he can barely move around the room. And it's just, it's just hilarious seeing how like, I don't know, cute and squishy. The, the thing too is like, Baymax is both aware and unaware of how awkward uh, he is. Yeah. Well, he's right. He's, I wrote something down. He has no sense of urgency. Yeah. Yeah. The scene yeah. where they're running away from the villain, he's just like, okay, I have to get from A to B. This, like, I will accomplish my task. It's like, no, you have to get there quick. Um, <laughs> he also, I think, of all the technology in this movie, he's the most realistic because it is like he moves, he moves, something's in his way. It's like, stop, look, process, fix. And then it's like, and everything <laughs> yeah. else is just uh-huh. like, science is, is, is Marvel super science of like, just everything working like that but yeah his 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 uh whatever that everything he does is is comedy gold hero wants him to shrink oh he wants him to go back he's trying to put him back and he's like you have to say you're satisfied with your 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 health care yeah and he misses that and then he's they notice the microbot is kind of like moving around in a petri dish and baymax figures out it wants to go somewhere and Hero, he's like, do you want me to follow it? And Hero just like flippantly not paying. He's like, sure. And then he's like out in the street. Now, this was the one part. Why did he feel he needed to keep this from Aunt Cass other than Aunt Cass was obviously an Aunt May, like a version of Aunt May. Like Hero felt very Peter Parker-y to me in a lot yeah, of ways. A mm, little bit. Yeah, when he was doing that, he was definitely like leaning on that, like that role. But I think, I mean, I guess... Aunt Cass, after him being like just shut down, isolated, seeing him chase after a robot might freak out or try to get him help. That's all I could think of. But I guess what'd you think? Did yeah, you- it seemed maybe a bit much. Yeah, yeah. I d- like, I uh, I think it's more him him realizing. Uh, well, he thinks that the microbot's broken, right? And mm-hmm. here goes one of the last uh, remnants of his brother like wandering out in the street and like, you know, causing almost causing accidents and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, Oh, I need to go stop this. Yeah. He doesn't really want to, uh, bring her into it. Do you have a clamp champ shirt? Oh, I do. Yeah. Like from, I like to make stuff. Oh no. Clamp champ. I'm pretty sure is a he-man person. Oh, is it? I swear, if you look up oh, Clamp Champ, let me know. I'll okay. keep going on. So they take they go to a, a warehouse, um, and Baymax. Uh, I wrote that he can inflate and deflate, which is kind of a source of comedy. And I'm very happy that they did it more based on the awkwardness of waiting and less on it sounding like a toot. I'm glad <laughs> we didn't have yep. a whole lot of toot humor. I'm very proud of them for that. 
uh, someone is making more microbots. And then that's where they see the villain, and the villain kind of starts chasing after him. And this is where Baymax has one of my favorite lines. I am not fast. (laughs) 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 That was really good. Um, (laughs) I thought the microbot swarms looked very cool. And the way uh, the villain, I'll refer to him as a villain here, even though we know it's Callahan, um, looks, it kind of moves, going back to like this feels kind of Spider-Man-y to me. He feels kind of Dr. Octopus to me, right? A little bit. In the way... In the way that he's moving independent of the mode of train, like he's being lifted and moved, and he's not like actually like walk moving his feet to walk. I don't know. I got kind of a sense of that from that. Um, there's a guy in a mask. Um, By the way, Ryan, you. I you told you. Points. Yep. 20, a, Twenty points. I knew. Clamp champ. Um, wow. We'll get into this a little bit later, but I thought it was kind of weird that this that Robert Callahan uses Kabuki iconography for his villain. Like, I Do thought you think it, it was I, misleading or is that like signaling to us that he's really that bad of a guy because he's like using culture appropriation for his villain. See, head. but it didn't feel like that. Cause I don't think no. we're meant to think he's that bad of a guy by the time, by the end. Yeah. Did anybody else get that vibe it, it, or was it, I just, it, it it feels like one of those decisions that was like, well, he needs something they can identify him by. Mm-hmm. What? Well, don't think too much about it. Uh, Kabuki mask. All right, I, we'll move I, on. I think it fits more with the world than it does with the actual character. Yes. And maybe there yeah, were some yes. sort of changes because they do make these movies like kind of as they go. So there might have been a change where they're like, well, we can't. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was a little weird, but uh, they fall from a window and Baymax saves Hero like a pillow. And this is the beginning of the kind of uh Baymax saving and Baymax being more of a defensive mm-hmm. character like there's a lot of times where Hero really wants him to be this kind of destroying creature and he's mostly just there like all this stuff is very protective of other people which I thought was very cool very different well, from the comics and very interesting and like McCabe like you were saying like there's it's one of those ways he's aware and unaware like he's kind of unaware of what hero is actually wanting and trying to do yep. or not interested in it at all but he's super aware of all the danger everybody's in and like even a point later when he's like buckling them up and you know do he, there's always these ways like he's catching all these really dangerous things because that's what he's paying attention to but he doesn't know like oh you want me to punch this guy what's going on well i feel like the whole thing is like tricking him into being a superhero Mm-hmm. Like he's mm-hmm. like, will flying Very make good. your mental health better? And he's like, yes. He's like, okay, yes. I will do this. Yeah. Um. So they're running away as they start to get towards the house. Um. He's trying to get Baymax in the house. Oh no, no wait. I the keep poli- skipping. They go ahead. to the yeah. police, uh, police station. They go to the police, which, which is a great scene of yes. Baymax fixing himself with tape. It's the best. It is yeah. the best. Xander was cracking up like <laughs> the whole time. Like. And it's like, yeah, changing pitch. Um, and then uh, I like the guy looking at him and like slowly moving the tape closer to him. Like, she's like, go ahead. Um, yeah, the pacing of that and it's like really drawing it out and making it uncomfortable. It's just gold. I, I wrote that down on my just like, I think it was gold. so good. I think it was the trailer. At one point, that was the trailer, if I remember correctly. And I was like, it's a funny little bit, but yeah. So then as they're, they're, they're walking away with him, his battery starts going low. And so it basically becomes uh, Baymax is drunk, and he's got to get drunk Baymax into the house. 
Yep. And, and he's like, don't tell her mom we did. He's like, what did he say? He like yelled something. He he's like, jumped out he jumped a window. Out window. <laughs> yeah, he's like yelling stuff. Harry, baby. And he's like petting the cat. So there's that little bit. The head plant on the stair, like physical comedy again. Like when he goes yeah. to go up the stairs and just whomp. Well, I also yeah. like that we're, uh, th- these characters, they, d- they do so good with them that it's not just like, oh, that's funny animation. We're like physical comedy as if like. The greats, Buster Keaton, Baymax, yeah. you know, like <laughs> we're talking as if he's an actor, but like, you know, it's it's just amazing how, how much how well they pulled it off. Um This is where, let's see, I think this is the first time when he starts charging up again, uh Baymax starts asking about Tadashi, and then he's like Hero kind of explains what happened to Tadashi, to, to and Baymax says, you know, Tadashi is here, and this is like the first time. And Hiro thinks it's kind of more of a metaphor. But then Tadashi downloads uh, info. He starts realizing that um, he can't handle Hiro. He doesn't know how to help Hiro's mental issues, anguish. Mm-hmm. And so he downloads some stuff, and that's when he like hugs him and is like, "Here, here!" Like I want to hug Baymax so much. I hope when they have him in the parks, he's like actually an inflatable with like a. Oh, how fun would that be? Like those, like that would those, be great. those big free hug. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Even if it's not even a, a person, it's just like they make an animatronic, and all it does is, or not even an animatronic, just stands here like this, and I can hug it. There's that scene later where he's warm, and they all like lean on him, and I'm like, yeah. absolutely, every single character would be into that right now. It's like spooning a warm marshmallow. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> but uh, you miss the very important. Uh, plot point that brings me anguish, which is there were hot wings that went to waste. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. right. That burn your face off, and like, yeah, yep. she, yeah. she's per- she's a perfect woman. She's she's beautiful, and she make hot wings. <laughs> um, so let's see, let's see. Hero starts oh, that- to think the fire yeah. wasn't an accident, and he wants to catch the bad guy. So they sneak back out of the house. What were you gonna say, Ryan? No, that that that's this is about it's, this is about the time he starts like. Putting together a plan and making them armor and fabricating yes. all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. He upgrades Baymax and they agree. To, he agrees to help him because it will help Hero's emotional state. So they head back. Oh, they download Kung Fu uh, <laughs> yeah. to Baymax. They 3D print him some armor. And then that's when they first do the fist bump, which is when he's trying to explain to me. He's like, blah, 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 which I feel like was a thing for a little bit. Uh, at least yeah, yeah. Tara and I did. We thought it was so funny. Um, I have written here. Baymax running around is funny. Like I think it's when he's coming down the that that alley, and then they you realize there's a van following them as they return to the lair. Yeah, I can't unsee toddler with the full diaper now when he's yeah. yep. <laughs> like, oh, he has You're that clit kind of waddle that yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> the microbot takes him to the pier, and that's where they see that the villain is coming out of the water with microbots and a big piece of tech that has like a. My brain, brain, I kept wanting to go. It has a Mockingjay on it, but that's not this movie. Um, (laughs) The van that was following them is the six, and they start a sharing circle is what I wrote here, Um, (laughs) where I think they're just saying how they feel at the moment, because they're trying to help here. Oh, because the whole reason they showed up is because Baymax, like, contacted them them because he read on the internet, like, that you should talk to your friends and family. Um the villain tries to drop a cargo container on him. Baymax saves him. This is where I write Baymax seems more defensive. There's a big van chase that ensues. Uh, Wasabi keeps trying to follow the traffic law, so Gogo <laughs> takes over. Uh, and I said there's some great villain shots of 
Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the train. Like that, that yeah. shot's so good. The one where they turn the corner and like, it, cause it looks like the camera and I'd be interested if I could find some stuff about the camera. Cause we're talking about in frozen, they started using the thing where they're using the, they create the digital scene and then they've got like the positioning on a camera and they actually like move and do oh, stuff because right. it looked handheld and then the zoom in on him, mm-hmm. yeah. like it looked like some, some kind of newer shots, which is really cool. Uh, they fall into the ocean, so the the villain gives up chase, but Baymax inflates and floats everyone to the top, and he's used as a life raft. This I don't is- know why, when when I first saw that in the movie theater, I still remember like when the car goes under the water, I felt terrified for them. It's like, <laughs> oh no, they're all going to die. This is the worst. <laughs> I'm instantly convinced. Oh God! Like you're I like almost packing lost up it. your jacket. You're like, all right, no, this is a sad movie. Um, Short and sad movie. Yeah, geez. wow, it took like a hard turn. Uh, Fred takes him to his house, which is where he's rich, and it's like a big mansion. Uh, he has a bunch of nerd memorabilia that's pretty great. Uh, this is where uh, he heats up and they give him a group hug. Hero noticed a bird symbol on what the villain was carrying. Fred assumes that the villain is Cray. And Baymax scanned the villain for data, for, for his health data. And Hero thinks if I can upgrade Baymax to scan all the city, we can find out who they are. So he's like, we're going to turn everyone into a superheroes. And that's where we get an upgrade montage. <laughs> um, Fallout Boy comes in with a, a, Immortal, which I actually think is a pretty good song. I like it. Yeah. No, Enjoy. no thoughts it, from McCabe. Does it does it slam? Is that what songs do? Does it slap? It slaps. It slaps. Does it slap? It slaps. Does it slap it slams? Slams? I'm gonna start saying slams. That slams. I like that better than slaps. Uh, so go good go. song choice. Yes, I thought it, I, I I liked it. I thought it was, I, I'm not a big Fallout Boy guy, but I like that. Uh, Honey gets a purse that makes kind of these balls of goop, and they do different stuff like they either smoke screen or ice or like. Uh, well, she she programs yes, in she what was, like yeah. elements to use. And yes, spits out the and ball. Spits them out. That seems like the most work going into your because like Fred just can breathe fire. He doesn't have to. <laughs> right. Like honey lemon has just to breathe fire, and she has to so manually enter in all the equations yeah. for the formula she wants. To. <laughs> um, Gogo gets like a speed suit with some kind of like the like wheels from her bike. Very was, Tron inspired. Yes, and Wasabi. Yeah. Well, I would say that her costume looked closest to what she looks like in the thing in the mm-hmm. comic um wasabi uh has blades on his arms baymax gets an upgrade he and hero go flying and baymax uh keep saying he's keep doing it because it's helping with uh hero's mental health so they watch a sunset and baymax points out oh your mental health seems to be better do you want me are you satisfied with your care kind of being like you've done this um and that's when you kind of realize Hero is out for revenge. Like, it's not about feeling bad. It's not about feeling bad. It's not about doing the right thing. It's about getting this guy. Uh, so they look for the villain. They find him on an island. Alcatraz, question mark. <laughs> uh, the area is quarantined. They hear a pigeon, and everyone goes nuts with their powers. And the <laughs> pigeon doesn't get it. That, like, little two seconds was really funny. Uh, they find more of the... Oh, Fred sings their theme song. Fred sings the Fred's Angel song, and that's yeah. something that we've we sang for like three years at our house. <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll still sometimes walk around and go, the amulet is green. And like, Probably just, like, an emerald. Singing at each other. Can, can we back up like a second, though? Yeah. Because um, 
kind of skipped over the entire flight sequence that Hero oh. and Baymax yeah. go through, right? Yeah. Like, um, where effectively like learning, <laughs> learning to fly. Um, but I also like the moment that they have, uh, you know, sitting up on one of those, uh, whatever balloons and whatnot, uh, because, you know, it, Hero is, is, uh, he's enjoying just living at that point. Like he's able to disconnect from trying to find this guy, the pain of having lost his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he, he's found something, uh, fun. I guess. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, yeah. Well, those things they're on are like supposed to be wind turbines that are supplying clean energy. And one of the things I watched, the host went, those are turbines supposed to be, su- that will supply clean energy. They're working on those for the future. And then just moved on. And I was like, wait, what? Like, it you can't works. just say that. Like, <laughs> I was very working much on like, floating wind turbines. I mean, I guess they are, but like in so much as they're working on everything, yeah. um, so they find thank you ryan by the way yes you covered that i was just skipping through because i am just wanting to get to the next fight scene or whatever i don't know (laughs) you're like excuse me they're having important emotions here ryan um so they find more of the destroyed tech with the bird symbol on it and they find a video of cray doing a portal test for project silent sparrow he eventually invents a stargate and a yeah. tester named Abigail goes through the portal, and there's a slight irregularity. Uh, they lose contact with Abigail. Portal 2 explodes. Portal 1 starts sucking everything through it, and they shut it down. Uh, so Cray must be stealing back the machines. Um, then he attacks. So they attack him, and the mask falls off. And gasp! Exclamation point. It's not Cray. It's Callahan. Abigail was his daughter. Oh, they don't say that here, do they? No, no. they that out later. Oh, and it sorry. felt really Scooby-Doo-ish when they took the mask mm-hmm. off and they all kind of gasped. Was, Professor Callahan! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, because also because I feel like you only see this part of his... I mean, I guess you would have recognized his nose. I was just... just anyway. Yeah. Um, they also wreck each other during this fight. Yes, right? they, yeah. do like, a, they do a big fight afterwards. And that's why I thought the next one was going to be about teamwork. It was, it was really more like just staying out of each other's way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what it was. Um, so they kind of have trouble with that. And then, uh, yeah, so then the, then the uh, they attack him. Mask falls off. It's Callahan. And that's when Hero's like, you need to destroy him to Baymax. And Baymax is like, I, I can't do that. That's not my, my healthcare programming. So he takes out the healthcare chip and just leaves the Kung Fu chip. And that Baymax is frightening terrifying like his eyes go red and just his his whole the way he moves is completely different he looks like when the hulk freaks out on the helicarrier Mm -hmm. and avengers well when he runs through those pillars and smashes them out yes looks just like that shot when hulk does that yep he's chasing widow Mm -hmm. he also doesn't care about anything but what he has been told to do like he's throwing the other uh five around four around the other four around when they're trying to like, stop the him. Six, so. Yeah. Um, did, did it, was there a, uh, cinema sins moment? I, I need to go back and watch because no, uh, don't watch cinnamons. The cinnamon. No, 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 no. I don't want to watch cinnamon. I'm, I'm talking about the movie because he, this is also where Callahan explains, you know, I had the microbots to save me. 
I don't yeah. remember if he had the halo on. He puts it on. Does he right put it on? He puts it on, and then and then boom. they surround him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But then does that mean that like was he actually the one that started the fire, or did it just happen to be? They a fire never. And they, they never really... explain the fire. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I guess sometimes there's a fire <laughs> <laughs> that explodes. <laughs> um. Baymax is scary. Callahan gets away with the mask. Uh, Honey Lemon returns the good disc, and he powers down from bad mode. Uh, Six are mad. They wanted to catch him, not destroy him. So Hero is basically like trying, you know, he's like, he's, you know, he's doing this. He runs off with with Baymax, and he fixes his sensor because his sensor broke. He's like, go follow him. He's like, let's go fix your sensor. What are you going to say, Ryan? Yeah, I also realized before this, one question I had when they were fighting Callahan, especially when Wasabi comes out, like, wouldn't he recognize his students? Like, he didn't have a lot of students at that university. Like, he and, and some of them are in disguise, but Wasabi just looks like Wasabi with, he, like, glasses. I think he knew because there were, like, someone does something, like, after he threw the thing at them, they came back at him and he did this, like, shrug, shoulders, like, like I didn't want to do this, but... Oh man, there's there's a little bit of, of of some physical stuff. I still think it's kind of crazy that he's like, oh man, I guess I have to kill my students. <laughs> yeah. Um, he uh, hero fixes the sensor, and Baymax is like, I don't want you to put that chip back in me because it goes against my other programming. And they have one of those things where he's like, Tadashi's dead, you know, and he he says Tadashi is here, and then he shows that video, and this is uh, I think the first time Ryan starts losing it. Um, is what I hear Ryan being me. Um, uh-huh. is that first I'm like, mm, okay, here we go. Cause he does the part where he's like, Oh, I'm so proud of you. You're going to help so many people. And he's looking right at the camera. So he's looking at hero and they keep cutting to hero's mm-hmm. expression and they do such a good job with his expression. Yeah. And this part too, the part leading up to that is to me, like the big, <clears throat> sorry, I'm going to keep talking all the time, but this is a big part. <laughs> Literally. Of that's why me, I like, invited you here. It's this. <laughs> <laughs> Come to my podcast to be quiet. No, but it's the big crux of the movie where you really see, like McKay, what you're talking about, where these things that seem like he doesn't understand what's happening, he's actually being very intentional about. And here's trying to take the chip out. And instead of having the real, like, paternalistic, like, now look here, hero, you don't need to, like, he just doesn't let him do the thing. He sets, so weird, he, like, sets a very firm boundary. I'm not going to let you change my programming. But then he also asks him, like, do you want me to terminate Professor Callahan? Will terminating Professor Callahan improve your emotional state? And like that always got me because again, not to like go off on weird philosophical political rants or whatever, but there's this Well, it's Socratic. It really, it really questions that uh-huh. like false myth of like what violence what role violence plays right. in like how we redeem yep. ourselves and how we justify things and avenge people and you know, if I've been hurt, can I just go punch someone and make it better? And he, like they, that whole journey they go through, really kind of in a very brief, mm-hmm. kind of subtle way, kind of attacks that. And I, 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 I love that so much. You don't get that in a lot of movies. So. I, I mean, the biggest thing this movie is is the emotional connection between Baymax and Hero, and it's like Baymax growing emotionally, but it's also Hero growing emotionally, but like. it's 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 really good there are there are parts of this movie that i think are like you know the the villain is a little eh, you know like we're saying like 
why did he attack his students? I mean, there's a little things you can chip at at this movie, but like the 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 characterization of those two characters is mm. super strong. And again, why I refer to it as Baymax hero and the other guys, like I think theirs is so strong. <laughs> I'd like to see more in the in, in, the, in the, the other group. sequel. Yeah, the, the the thing too is in that that moment, uh, uh, English is that the uh. Baymax not only says, you know, will this make you uh, improve your emotional state? And then, of course, Hero is like, I don't know, maybe, yes. And uh, yeah. then he says, uh, is this what Tadashi would want? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then later on, obviously, that Hero internalized that because he uses that exact phrase mm-hmm. uh, on Callahan. But mm-hmm. that's later on. But yeah, he... he yeah. He... But the whole scene has to work for for him to, like, understand this, right? Because it's, you know, boom, I don't know if that's going to fix stuff. Is this what my brother would want? Uh, Well, he's not here. Yes, he is. Here's the montage of, you know, him making Baymax, right? And uh, Hero going, you're right, right? That this isn't. This isn't how we can fix this. Right? His yeah. his face is as as Baymax fails. <laughs> you can and actually it, see it, the five o'clock shadow yeah. growing at one point. Like it cuts back to him. He's like test thirty seven, you know, or whatever. Um, let's see. So they so he, he after he sees that the 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 six show up, and that's when I go. I wrote, "How do they get off the island?" And then it's like, oh. Uh, Fred's butler came and got him in a helicopter. <laughs> um, and then that's where they, they get, they, they're like, we found this. And it's like, Callahan was at the test. Abigail was his daughter. Uh, and then we cut to, they figure out his his plan and they have to go catch him. Uh, Cray, is that how you say it? I've already forgotten. Yeah. A- Alistair Cray. Alistair God Cray. Dang it. I'm going to change that. That's my new name from now on. <laughs> Tara and also, Alistair Cray's Princess Diaries. <laughs> Alistair Cray is the the model for him is weird because you can kind of see Alan Tudyk in that model. Yeah. Um, just a little bit though, like it's mm-hmm. actually off off putting. <laughs> um, let's see. Callahan goes. I put goes full Doc Ock on him, where he's like the the experiment, and he starts. He basically is going to open the portal above and destroy all of Cray's stuff. Um, and this is where Callahan has a heck of a nose. Uh, the six shows up, they start fighting him. They're losing when hero tells them to look for a new angle. Like, uh, Tadashi told him, uh, they all got out in different ways. Uh, that's where Fred realizes it's not actually hurting him because he's in a suit when he's like stretching his suit (laughs) and then he gets a sign. I hope in the next movie he has like like a a shield that looks like a sign because that's yeah. when he starts getting really effective instead of just jumping around and breathing <laughs> fire. Um, they say okay, start attacking the microbots because they'll get sucked into the portal as when they break them apart from everything else. So he has less and less ammunition to work with until finally he's runs out of them. Um, and then they take his mask and all, the portal starts falling. And I write, well, this seems like a problem. Um, <laughs> Baymax detects they're all running away because the portal's going to explode but Baymax detects life in the portal Abigail is still alive so Baymax and Hero go to save her now I thought the world on the other side of the portal was very beautiful but I'm not exactly sure what it was yeah yeah it looked like um, 
in the first Doctor Strange movie when he yes. goes to where Dormammu is, like yeah, like a like that in daytime. Yeah, like Dormammu's kind of like. It almost looked like the the quantum oh, realm. Oh, the quantum realm too, yeah. Mixed with like V'ger from Star Trek 1. <laughs> V'ger, good <laughs> lord. Um, I'll tell you what, that Quantum Mania trailer, I've seen a few times and I just, I think it looks, I've seen people go like, my brother-in-law was like, that's too much for me. And I'm like, I don't know. This is the right kind of Marvel weird just for me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so... Uh, they go through it's in that weird world. They find Abigail, and then Baymax, as they're trying to get out, protects them from a big piece of tra- shrapnel, destroys his rockets and his wings. And he says, uh, you know, he's basically, he can use his his rocket fist punch, which we haven't really talked about, but it's a new thing he got, to propel oh, yeah. them out, but it's going to mean he has to stay behind and, and die. And this is where I'm a mess. Um, I think I signaled that to you guys. Like, oh, God, I'm yeah, a mess. Uh-huh. Um, and he's like, are you satisfied with your care? And I'm getting, you oh. know, I'm, break, I'm just thinking about it. Ugh. And he was like, no, no, I'm not. And then he's like, you know, learns to let go. And he's like, I will always be with you. And then fires off and then falls back into the infinite void. Is that oh. Baymax still there? You know what that means? Okay. We'll get there in a sec. So he's, sequel. So hold on. So hold on. So remind me <laughs> we get there. So he shoots him. He shoots him off. He gets back. Everyone's okay. Abigail is okay. Callahan goes to jail as he rightly needs to. The team meets at the cafe. Hero moves into the dorm, and he puts his puts the rocket fist as like uh, <laughs> dorm art. <laughs> but then he realizes that the uh, healthcare program is in his hand. Yeah. Because he does the fist bump, he goes, la la la. Yeah, and, and then he, he and figures they- that's in there. And mm-hmm. he builds a new Baymax. And Baymax is like, hello, hero. You know, and then he's like, oh my God, you remember? Um, they're a superhero team. They kind of get the Spider Man ending where he's like, who are we? Like, you know, isn't that what he's saying? He's like, who am I? I'm yeah. Spider Man. Yeah. They do that. Um, and we'll get to the, 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 the there's a post credit scene because, of course, this is a Marvel movie. But first, so if Baymax gives him the. Uh-huh. Whatever, and then floats Still away. So has the other one. Does that mean evil Baymax is floating around somewhere in that other dimension? Probably. Yeah. He so has is, the destroyer chip still in him or whatever, right? So is <laughs> evil Baymax. So he, so, okay, so it's been 10 years. He's been living in the second dimension with an, a, a seemingly endless supply of microbots and some, all the Kree tech that got thrown around in there guys this is a real problem i'm really nervous about this i don't know it's gonna go full uh full lore disney i know you listen to this podcast (laughs) (laughs) data and lore is that what you're getting at (laughs) oh my goodness i'm i'm glad tara's not here she gets so bored by star trek (laughs) and we brought up v'ger v'ger and lore all right so then the final scene is Fred accidentally finds his father's secret lair, and I guess his dad is some sort of magnet hero because he's got like a magnet shield. Or maybe that just be one gimmick, but he looks like he kind of looks like almost like a not ultra, maybe Ultraman. But he's got like a fin on his helmet, and his dad yeah. comes in, and his dad is Stanley, like looks like and voiced by him. And he's holding up all his superhero tights, and he goes, I wear them front, I wear them back. I wear them inside out and front to back. 
I love, and then they say it together and he hugs him and then that's the end. And then it, then his credit comes up and this is Ann Stanley, his friend's dad. So it was full on like 1970s Stanley from when he did the, you know, he used to do those television spots where he's like Stanley presents and he's like talk up the cartoons or whatever. Yep. No, yeah. I don't think I've yeah. ever seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, We're going to have to post I'm those. I'm gonna look those up. You have some YouTube ahead of you then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like the earliest I remember Stanley is Mallrats. Hello, true believers. Like that's the yeah. earliest Stanley I know is him being like, "Don't Mall doesn't rats. that couple look nice?" And he's like, "Why do you keep mentioning that?" Because <laughs> um, like they, they paid him to go like try to get him back with his girlfriend. Anyway, your 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 friend seems obsessed with superhero sex organs. <laughs> um, all right, so let's ask our questions. Uh, question numero uno. How is the princess? And the princess in this, of course, is Hiro Hamada. Um, I liked him. Like I said, he kind of reminded. I think he did a good job of of, of be, like relating to teenage angst without falling into the usual like "but mom" type stuff. Yeah, it's really hard yeah. to do a teenager without it being like really painfully whiny. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they did that really well. Like he was he was fun, and you could get his energy. And the, but you also see how he's not mature yet and he's going on like the whole journey he never got mm-hmm. to that like annoying kid part mm-hmm. so it was really- well part of it too is uh, as you pointed out earlier jenkins that the movie isn't pointing out the fact that he's uh, a kid every 45 seconds right yeah. like they're not drilling you or you know hitting you over the head with oh hero you're too young to understand this. Yeah, yeah. That's never the thing. I thought it was interesting because I don't think they ever, like, he could have easily been just another grad student. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have the same impact. I think it's. I think it works for kids because they relate to him a little bit more because of the age, but I don't think he's, you know, it's not like, oh, God. You know, as you're an adult, you're not like, well, if you look past the annoyingness of this kid, he's got some good things going. He's got some, you know, relatable things going on baymax is of course the prince and baymax is infallible i baymax may be one of my like second only to wreck it ralph is like a modern disney character yeah i'd i'd agree baymax is top top shelf yeah like we said yeah charlie chaplin buster keaton yeah baymax baymax yep s tier s tier yes. character <laughs> yes yes um how was what's the next one? How was the sidekick and henchman? So the rest of the six. Who was y'all's favorite member of the six that wasn't Hero or Baymax? I really uh I like Wasabi just because it's just anxiety and that's always funny. Because you need someone in the group that's like not just reluctant, but like petrified about like getting infected by germs. <laughs> like you're <laughs> Like, why is that even bothering you now? You have like lasers on your hands. He's like, no, no, no. This could be. We could get a rash. Like, what's wrong? <laughs> what do you think? I, I, I like Gogo uh, a lot because uh, she's just presented as strong and determined, like the, all the time. There's never any doubt, you know, what she's doing. She takes control of a situation, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I liked Honey Lemon because I think in the way that Gogo, while still like a strong female character, was kind of that like Buffy. We talk about that on the show, like just kind of the quick, easy, like how is this female strong? She beats people up. And like Honey 
never had a moment where it was like like she very easily could have been a like I chipped a nail oh my god like mm-hmm. that kind of character and she wasn't she was super smart she was just super excited she was like so loved everybody in that group and was also like I know how to fight and had again like we pointed out had the hardest power because she had to do uh, yeah. chemistry homework while she was <laughs> doing her superpower I, and that's not fair <laughs> I, I think that's a, a, a great point that we we didn't touch on um you mentioned the chipping and nail thing uh this movie avoided stereotypical characters incredibly well yeah you well also precisely avoiding japanese stereotypical characters yes. i thought yeah yeah um since i feel like that could have been an easy thing to fall into i also want to think i think it's funny that we each picked a different one i also really liked fred like i but i think fred is like all of us i think pick not fred because we would be fred like if we did a team of three just be three freds (laughs) um but i thought fred was was just kind of a a fun i liked i liked every time he's attacked he's like jumping into action like he's just like (laughs) he's just narrating his own (laughs) his his monologue when they're walking out the uh, (laughs) i would buy an amulet in the attic um I think the next one is favorite musical number. Uh, Henry Jack, Henry or Harry Jackman, who did Wreck-It mm-hmm. Ralph, did the score for this, and I like that a lot. But I, I like that Fall Out Boy song. Yeah. yeah, I the that video game that my son and I played used the theme from this. So every time they like when they first get into the first action scene, mm-hmm. the music kind of picks up a little bit. I can't not see the video game in my head so yeah. that's the one that i connect with <laughs> exactly um did you have any any did you have anything to add to the the musical talk I, Ryan? I mean i liked i liked immortals honestly uh if there is one piece that wasn't great for me overall it's the music uh, in this it's kind of forgettable yeah largely i mean i will say there's something to be said of la- about like if you're not thinking about the music um it's not a bad score. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't, I don't think it's a great score. Like someone always says it to me. It's because I think, I think the thing I heard was like, if you're not thinking about the, the score, they've done their job. I'm like, Oh yeah. Imperial March much. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, how does it hold up? I think we talked a lot about female rep, uh, character agency and ethnic representation was handled very well. Not only in my opinion, not only in the cast, because it was just, all Japanese people in the comic. And I think they made it more diverse here. And I thought it, you know, it, it, it worked without really taking away. It wasn't like this is a classic Jap piece of Japanese art that they were like, well, we're going to take it away from Japanese people. I think no one really knew these, these characters were and decided mm-hmm. to make it a lot more all encompassing. Well, and, and the other part of holding up too, is that it largely avoids what I call the Shrek problem where the humor is timeless instead of being something you it, that is uh, funny at the time uh, yeah. because of reference. Yeah, the, we're gonna have to the, do Shrek on this show one day, and I, <laughs> I, I do not like Shrek. So yeah, I, I, I had it was on the other day, and I couldn't uh, get through it just because it's it's just not. It doesn't hold up. I mean, I loved it when it came out. I was like, they're really sticking it to Disney. They're talking about, <laughs> you know, they're talking about it's a small world, but it's stupid and blah, blah, blah. You know, um, now I'm like, great. You did it. Good job. DreamWorks. Um, 
then we have guns and firearms and uh, drinking and smoking. I didn't see any drinking or smoking. It's comic booky action. You know, if you don't want your kids to yeah. see that, then I don't know what you watch nowadays. Um, there was nothing that was like shot a bolt or a gun, though. It was like a flying yeah. fist and laser blades, and that's probably as close as you got to like weaponizing things. Yeah. But um, so now, gentlemen, it is time to do the infallible scientific villain ranking, and we, we will take a second right now to probably uh go over it with McKay, but also to let you, the listener, if you haven't listened before, know what I'm talking about. So we'll be right back. The Infallible Scientific Villains Ranking was designed and created by top scientists working together to establish the perfect method of devising a villain's relative knavery, cunning, and vileness. Each evildoer is judged in seven categories on a scale of one to five. The averages of each category are added up, and the resulting villain ranking tells us exactly where each ne'er-do-well belongs. Whether it's at the top with our queen, Ursula, or at the bottom with Aconcagua, the grumpy mountain of Saludos Amigos. Here are the seven categories. Number one, frightening. How scary is this villain? Number two, funny. How often did this villain make you laugh? Number three, fierce. How much attitude, sass, and sense of style does this villain have? Number four, effective. How grand was their evil plan and how well did they execute it? Number five, design. How awesome does this villain look? Number six, go away heat. How much did you honestly hate this villain and want them to be off your screen as quickly as possible? And number seven, yes factor. Whenever Tara sees a villain she loves first appear on screen, she says, Yes! How often did you find yourself missing this villain's presence when they weren't on screen? Follow along at home and let us know your own villain scores. And now back to the podcast. Folks, we are back. Uh... McCabe, a like you said, a one-time backyard wrestler, had a good laugh at the uh, the go away heat <laughs> section. This is the only one who's really gotten that. But gentlemen, we're going to go through. So let's start for for uh, we should have something in here for how uh, terrifying your name is as a villain because this guy's villain name is Robert Callahan. Who's? <laughs> 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 I feel like Robert Callahan. Uh, hello, Mister Callahan. I've come to ask you to marry your daughter. Like it's just like the most. <laughs> Nothing named. He sounds like he like machines auto parts with tools at a factory. Well, Callahan somewhere. Auto Parts is uh, what Tommy Boy works for. Tommy Boy, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've got it. I've got. Am I wearing? No, I'm wearing a different one. I have. I have a. I have a Callahan Auto Parts shirt. Um, well, his his villain name, which I don't even think is is Yokai, but they don't. I don't think they ever really say it but that's what it's referred to as in the script maybe yeah. because oh, i wow. think it would be weird to be a villain as a white guy and be like i am yokai with my kabuki mask it's like that <laughs> <Yeah>. is a problem <laughs> that is a rough rough uh um okay so frightening uh i think he's definitely scarier as as yokai or as i wrote him villain in, in with a capital v um in my notes i don't you know he's not a five to me but the, those shots and the way he moves he's definitely i think like a I think that's kind of what he's got going for him is the way he moves and stuff is very cool. So mm-hmm. I think I, I, a frightening, I might give him a three. Yeah, I that's, would think a three because he, like you said, when he comes up and the microbots all around him and he's swarming, he's it's very intimidating and like you can't get rid of him. He keeps chasing you. He, uh, I'd I'd rank him at least a three. It's frightening. Yeah. Yep. Three's three is where I was going to go to all across the board. Uh, funny. He was not funny. No. Zero jokes. Yes. No. One. Yep, one. 
I yeah. mean, he was kind of like a warm old man before he became a villain. <laughs> um, fierce. So I don't think he's a zero fierce, like a one. I don't think he has drag queen energy, but I think he's got a little bit of cape drama with the, the thing and the way he moves. I think he's got a, a, a little bit of a style. So I think I'm willing to give him a two. Yeah, I could. I'd see at least a two because the way that like, like you said, and maybe that's part of with the way he moves with the microbots and everything. But like when he's chasing, yes. you see that shot in the train. He's like following and he's hovering. Yeah. The flow of his not cape, it's like trench coat or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I could go two, maybe three, and here's why. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it is established that you don't have to do any motion at all to control the microbots, right? When you have that halo on, when we were watching yeah. Hero do it, he's not like using his hands to do anything, but all the time, whenever uh, he's con- uh, the villains controlling the microbots, he's like, yeah, like using his arms <laughs> and like shooting stuff out and, and doing all that. So he's like crunching his fists when he's, yeah. To- ah! yeah. So, so yeah. do you want to give him a three McCabe? Um, two and a half round up to three. Sure. Okay, we'll do it. We'll, we'll call that a soft three. Uh, <laughs> effective. So he gets all the way to almost sucking everyone into his portal. I wish I hadn't he, worded it that way. Um, he, <laughs> he activates the portal and he like the the Kratek building goes up and he destroys Kratek in a way. So that's yeah, pretty I, effective. I I think that's a four. I don't think he's a five. I will say that. No. So I'm going to give him a four for me. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think a four because he got all the way there. He got most of the stuff done. He wanted to get done. He wasn't trying to take over the world, but he's trying to take out this, you know, maybe not outrightly evil, but at least douchey corporate (laughs) guy. (laughs) Douchey corporate guy. Okay. He's um, trying to take Elon Musk out. So yeah. Oh no. You just, (laughs) you just increased his yes factor. Um, (laughs) Design, I I don't know. I again, I have a really hard time with the Kabuki mask and him being it was, Robert Callahan. It was a nice. Uh, I mean, I guess that's a lot of misdirection yep. too, right? But it was a good balance, like the the balance of it, like just that one part, the mask that's white, that's like detailed, and the rest of him is just this like yeah kind of formless black. Clothing. Well, the the thing that I'll say, though, is that you really have to consider the microbots as part of his design. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that because it does look like he's extending out of him. He's got like really long legs at parts and yeah. things like that. Yeah. I, I think it's a three for me. Yeah. Yep. On design. That's what I was. Yeah. A three. Okay. Like if he if he had like Dr. Doom presence in terms of his outfit on top of the bots, then we're going you know, four, we're talking four or five, but I want to see more. He drags like, it down. Like, like him yeah. as a person, yeah. like that design brings it down. The microbots bring it back up. So. Very good. Okay. I hear that. Go away. He, I'm going to give him a two just because this is kind of a dud of a villain and personality wise. Mm-hmm. I'm giving him a two just because I have that kind of weird cultural appropriation thing. I don't know. Like if you guys just want to give him a one, I'm not going to like throw that in your face or anything, but he's a two for me. I mean, I two or three for me uh, because, oh, okay. well, uh, I mean, the the higher the rating, the more we want him to go away, right? Like, yeah, uh, but I mean, usually for me, it's when I like at, like Hans has like nuclear go away because I'm like this guy's back, I hate him. Like, this is the 
you hate to hate them, not the you love to hate them. Yes, factor is kind of the love to hate them. Love to hate, right? So th- this, I, I would still say two or three because uh, him and his plot uh, are, uh, I mean, they are just a plot device. Like he, the, the, he, he doesn't have uh, like a intricate plan or anything. It's like I want to destroy guy, and it's okay, um, and I'm doing it using tech that uh i stole from a kid so i i will say i feel like maybe our go away heat is a little bit different than wrestling go away heat because some of the reason people have go away heat in wrestling is because the company is constantly putting them in front of your face sure and the, and this guy to me was just like i don't want you to change your score if you don't want to but to me like 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 to me a go away he just like oh this guy's back into me i was like oh it's hello <laughs> like i just didn't yeah. care yeah 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 so, okay I, I, and that's 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 where i am i was just like okay he's here uh okay. we get a cool we get a cool sequence because he's here but yeah okay i never felt like i minded him being on screen and maybe this mm-hmm. is where this takes a lot of cues from other marvel movies where like it's really the villain is really there to help the like hero have their own emotional journey and the actual mm-hmm. struggle is like more relational and not, yep. not with the villain. So the villain's like, Oh, okay. He's here again. It's another scene. But even if like, I didn't miss him when he was gone, I didn't hate him when he was there. So I'd probably have him like at a one or two for, for go away. He, you want a one or a two? Uh, I'm going to say one. I didn't, I didn't ever this feel the like only one we were yeah. all different on. Yes. Factor for me was a one did not care that he was there. Had no 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 excitement about going into this. Like, couldn't even remember his name. I was like, oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> oh yeah, him. So one one across the board. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that gives him a sixteen point three. So with a sixteen point three fairy tale friends, that puts Robert Callahan, ooh, pretty far down the list. He is tied with Chef Louis. Oh, wow. From which I think I think is generous. It's tied with Chef Louis from Little Mermaid with a sixteen point three. Now I may have my thoughts on that, but this is again the infallible scientific uh, <laughs> device. There's no way this could possibly be wrong, gentlemen. It- Ryan's fellow Ryan's uh, final question: Do we keep is this is this something we put in a clamshell? Uh, on our shelf or do we lock it away in the vault and for me I'm, I'd say I really like this movie again I want to see it again like within the next few weeks yeah I I agree this is on this is on our shelf for sure definitely on the shelf 10 out of 10 okay maybe uh, not that high but yeah. very very high I thought it was really good it was really enjoyable yeah. like I, I you know it wasn't like you know I, I think it was fun and I, I again I, I kind of want to see the sequel see if they do anything different but uh guys thanks so much for for hopping in here and you know helping me on this 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 ryan full episode uh as always we ask our guests to plug something whether it's a personal project a uh piece of media or something you've been enjoying recently or just a sentiment you want to put out there in the world uh we'll go left to right on my screen uh ryan mccabe uh feel free to plug away uh, thank you. Uh, this is great fun. Uh, I actually stream pinball uh, Saturday nights uh, while taking uh, shots. Uh, people do channel point <laughs> redeems to get me drunk while I play pinball. It's great fun. That's at Pirate Pones Ninja. 
um, on on Twitch. So uh, stop by sometime if you want to see me being really dumb and uh, <laughs> uh, inebriated on stream. Great. So the uh, uh, smoking, drinking uh, rating on that plug. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and the pinball rating. We haven't. We got to filter oh, that. His pin, he's got like a digital pinball machine that's really cool. Oh man. So you can just flip through different tables on there. It's really neat. It has like kind of like 3D effects. It's very cool. Haptic uh, feedback. Uh, Ryan English, feel free to plug away. Yeah, I um, as mentioned. Earlier, I'm a physician assistant, and I'm actually right now the president of <gasps> our state association. Whoa! Uh, oh. The Texas Academy of PAs. I didn't uh, realize we were in the presence is, of royalty. I know my wow. my daughter asked me if that means I was famous, and I said I'm famous to like twelve people, but <laughs> so maybe maybe not. But um, we just recorded our first podcast. We're hey. launching a podcast called Tapa Talks, T-A-P-A Talks. Uh, so if you have not been completely worn out by my voice, want to hear me talk about the PA <laughs> profession history and why I got into it and all that stuff, uh, that'll be coming up soon wherever you find podcasts. Ryan, if people are willing to listen to me for 120 <laughs> plus episodes, I'm sure... <laughs> there's way more people willing to listen to you Ugh. it's so funny because you're like i'm starting a podcast and this little voice in the back of my head was like "Ooh, maybe he'll have you on and i'm like what am i gonna add to a physician's <laughs> assistance podcast well we could talk about the price of insulin or something i don't know maybe we'll oh, all i'm gonna be is like it sucks did you see that whole thing with <laughs> eli Lilly and the fake tweet yeah that i got <laughs> i went on an emotional journey like trying not to look at it in my car which i was like what is this free wait what oh and then to pull over my like, god <laughs> they, 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 they right. fooled you um i have a quick plug uh and that's to wash your hands uh as you know tara has uh the flu right now and we both got flu shots and apparently this strain is tough and getting through a lot of the flu shots um so wash your hands uh if you do i, I highly encourage people to wear masks i've been wearing mine more because of the flu but you know i've also kind of pulled back on it just because i don't know i'm trying to feel i'm trying to get a little more comfortable because we went to we went to a lizzo concert and i had a mask on and then everyone stood up to to like for the last song and i got like really really anxious and there was like a space in between us but i was still like i had so much anxiety anyway um so yeah wash your hands just it seems like you know what are you doing after listening to this well you can listen to podcasts wash your hands wash your hands let's yeah. all sing happy birthday now for you to know how long to wash it no i'm kidding <laughs> um but thanks everybody uh really excited for this one and especially excited the next episode you're probably going to get is tara's feedback on this on uh this movie but after that we've got a movie i've been trying to get Tara to watch. It's one of those ones where I'm like, I know you're going to like this. You don't seem to have any interest in it, but we are going to check out Sky High, which I think is the perfect companion nice. piece to this one. Oh. Have you seen Sky High, Ryan English? I have not seen Sky High. You need to check out Sky High. It's legitimately a fun movie. It is. It's got Kurt Russell. That's the thing. Is I should just put it on where it's... When, when I finally got Tara to watch The Thing and Kurt Russell popped, it's like Kurt Russell in John Carpenter's The Thing. She was like, oh, yeah. Kurt Russell's in this? Why didn't you just say that? I would have watched this. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I keep reminding her Kurt Russell's in it, and she kind of forgets about it. But I think I know a lot of our fans have been wanting us to see it. I've seen it before. I, I like it a lot. It's going to be exciting. Like I said, it's a good companion piece to this one. So uh, we'll see you next time, listeners. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. 
If you've got a Disney story to share, a bone to pick with us, or just want to say hello, call the Princess Diaries hotline at 707-YO-TRPD-1. That's 707-968-7731. You can send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com, tweet at us at trpdiaries on Twitter, or check out our Instagram at trprincessdiaries. Join the Facebook group to post Disney memes, vote in our Disney theme brackets, and meet other fairy tale friends. Facebook.com slash groups slash TR Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five star review. Check out pods.link slash TR Princess Diaries for all the places you can find us on the web, including how you can support us through our coffee account or our Redbubble merchandise store. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh-huh.